morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I certainly am going to rejoice and be glad in it. I, uh, I am so grateful to all of you who have consistently uh, uh, joined us in our family church school lesson as uh, the Lord has really been giving us some great lessons these past uh, few quarters. And uh, we can say the same for the one for today out of Micah chapter two issues right now, but uh, God is good. So uh, pray for me as you celebrate. Thank you, Brother Bolden. Bogan. Uh, Bolden. I, I, I really have Brother Bolden on my uh, mind because Brother Bolden was my classmate, uh, him and his wife, that, that great class, that, that second class in evangelism, in the evangelism process, Brother Brady Bolden. And Brother Brady always had a song that says, um, God can do anything. He has moved every mountain out of my way. Oh, God is a wonderful God. And he, he would just, just break out and say, God is a wonderful God. He's greatly to be praised. He can do anything because he's sovereign and he does it his way. And that means that your way does not count. Our lesson today is by a brother, uh, brought to us by a brother named Micah. Uh, and one of the warnings in studying Micah is don't get him confused with some of those other Micahs in the Bible of Brother Bogan. Don't, some, some of those guys were scoundrels and rascals. But we're talking about the minor prophet of uh, uh, Micah. Uh, He's a good friend of uh, Isaiah, and he uh, prophesied along uh, in the same time with uh, Hosea and Amos and Isaiah. As a matter of fact, the book of Micah. Uh, in some circles are considered to be, uh, is considered to be rather um, a, a miniature Isaiah, a miniature Isaiah, and much of his writing reflects uh, the sentiments uh, expressed by that great prophet Isaiah. But today in today's lesson, uh, you know, just a few short chapters, uh, and we're going to look at chapter two, but each one of them, and uh, in those first three chapters of Micah, there, there are three very significant uh, messages. And one, uh, Sister Hollis in chapter one, deals with the sins of people uh, against God. Uh, and then uh, in today's lesson, uh, Micah picks up the mantle and talks about uh, the sins of uh, men against men brothers against brothers, sisters against sisters. And he starts out in chapter one with sins against God. And that's right, because really all sin is against God. But then he further, and he says, just in case you're not listening, I, I want to show you the, the kinds of acts uh, that have had that have had a profound impact on the citizenry of um, Israel. He addresses it primarily to the uh, 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 northern kingdom, uh, Samaria, the capital, which is Samaria, and 
but it certainly was for Judah because they were in the same boat. And that's the way we should view it today. This lesson, don't, don't get on the phone and say, oh, you should have been there. That lesson was for you. Uh, no, the lesson is for us today. Uh, because Micah says that I just got to tell it like it is. I, I've got to tell what God has told me to say. And since God is uh, the uh, progenitor, uh, creator, originator, all those other aiders of truth, I've just got to say what God says. And God says, I'm not happy with y'all. Now, now it pains, it pains me. It pains me to have to bring this. And I imagine it did Micah. Because nobody, Sister Pillar, I, I, I've been in church, you can say all my life. You know. I don't ever recall folk getting happy when you preach about their sin. As long as they preach about Deacon Smee's sin, they, it's fine. But when they start preaching about your sin, oh, no, 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 you're meddling then. The pastor's meddling when he starts preaching about your sin. But Micah says that we are living in a time where God is pretty much fed up with our action, with his people. And Micah says, I, 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 I'm telling you this because God has put the words in my mouth. And so in each of these messages, that as you, if you go back and read uh, uh, the book of Micah, you will see that he always, it always comes with, and the word of the Lord said, he wants you to know, this ain't me. I'm not getting up on my uh, uh, soapbox. This is what the Lord says. And the Lord says, if you go back to uh, chapter one, I've done so much for y'all and you've done so little for yourselves and you don't care nothing about what I've done. That's why you keep acting and doing the things that you do. He, he begins chapter two by saying, you sit up at night thinking up ideas of how to do evil. That, that's how bad it's got. Is that people no longer just, you know, uh, do what we call oop-type sin. They do sin. They, they think of ways to be evil. They sit up at night and contemplate evil. And God says, I'm tired of it. Do you remember back in Deuteronomy when I was telling you that there were curses and blessings, blessings and cursings? The blessings were tied to promises that he made, but the curses were, there were some conditions to be met. And Israel, you have forgotten that. America, you have forgotten that. You've sinned against God and you're sinning against each other. We're not there yet, not there. Here, Michael says, you sinned against God 
and you're sinning against each other. And do you understand why that is possible? Do you understand why that when a man will do anything against God, he certainly will do anything against man? So, ooh, we we just, uh, we didn't have a V8, but I just got a great idea. That means that people who don't know God, people who don't uh, uh, love God, people who uh, don't care nothing about God, certainly don't care nothing about you. If someone would be against God, they certainly will be against you. You want to know why there's a divide in America today? People don't know God. The, and the very people that are supposed to know God don't know God. That's why you have a divide. They don't stand on truth. You and I, as born-again Christians, should never have a fight about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anybody want to debate that before I get heavy into this lesson? Anybody want to debate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? No, because y'all say, Y'all know that's the truth. And if that's the truth, there's other truth. That's the truth. And whatever proceeds out of God's mouth is the truth. And God is, is, it has sent Micah to tell us some of the stuff that's happening to you. Some of the, the seasons that you're in, that, that you should be enjoying the fruits of your blessings. You can't do it because you're disobedient. Remember last week, Haggai told you, gave you a, a, a kind of a, a precursor to today's lesson. He says, you work hard, you accumulate all this money, you make good money, you accumulate this money, but I put holes in your pockets. You lose it. And it's simply because of disobedience. And Micah says, I stopped by to tell you this morning, I'm standing firm on the word. May not like it. May say, I could have skipped this. Uh, I, I, I see some falling off now. 50, 32, 1. Oh, it's falling fast. Uh, Sister Pillar, oh, they, they y'all better stay around. There is a word. Uh, Brother Davis, if you would, would you uh, open up? Uh, you might can uh, go to verse four for me, uh, four, five, and six, if you would. <clears throat> Micah, four, five, and six. In that day, shall one take up a parable against you and, lament, and lament with a dutiful lamentation and say, we... But You froze up, uh, Davis. Could okay. you uh, start over? You froze up. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. In that day, shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a dutiful lamentation and say, we be utterly spoiled. 
he has changed the portion of my people. How has he removed it from me? Turning away, he has divided our fields. Ah, in other words, the people of Israel, one day, the Lord says, here's what you're going to say. We are totally tore up from the floor. We are destroyed because of what we've done. And you know what? <laughs> the stuff that was given to us is now being divided up. And it's being divided up to someone that we don't really care about. Someone who's relegated us to the lowest status of our life. Someone who has taken us into captivity. God, this is what's happening. God says, there will come a day you'll cry out and you will lament. We are totally undone. Verse 5, uh, Brother Davis. Therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast a cord by lot in the congregation of the Lord. You got to understand what's happening here. Land is what we're talking about. The land that has been promised to him. You know how Moses made that division, you know, by tribes, how each tribe would get so much land, Sister Ogletree, you know, and everybody was, hold on. He says, but no, 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 no. This, the land was so important that even if you lost the land, maybe you mortgaged it, that, that every 50 years it had to be returned to the family. Hmm. So land was very important. And, 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 and God says, there's going to come a time there won't be anybody who will be able to make that division in the congregation because the, divi the dividing of the land will not be left up to you. Uh, that's tough. You own something and you can't even decide who gets it. But God keeps talking. Verse 6 says, Prophecy ye not, say they to them that prophecy. They shall not prophecy to them that ye shall not take shame. When they heard this, Sister Stallings, when they heard those words, there were some that literally said, please don't preach that to me. Please don't prophesy. Don't, don't proclaim that. But you know what's really behind this text? God is saying, I'm stopped talking to you. I'm not sending a word to you. You're going to lose your land and you're going to lose the communication from me. Because you don't want it. See, because when you start telling people about their sins, the fact that they've turned from God, that, that, that the, they're suffering the consequences of turning away from God, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. And God says, so since you don't want to hear it, there will be no prophecy of word. Now, last time I checked, especially in the modern day, now faith cometh by hearing 
and hearing by the word. You, you want to hear the preached word. You want to hear what God has got to say. But there's there comes a time where God just ain't going to talk to you no more. Because of the sins that you are participating in. Because of the climate of the culture. Because you are more culturally oriented than you are Christ-like. Somebody better help me. Not real popular. Sounds like an old fogey. Sounds like somebody Steve just had just had a birthday, and he's on the other side of three score and ten. You know, it it just sounds that way to me. But to me, in my experience, it has always been that the word of God is true, no matter how it strikes you. Yes, it is. It cuts both ways. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts going in and it cuts coming out. And God here is pronouncing judgment on a nation that has been disobedient. They've blessed, but they're disobedient. Y'all didn't hear me. They're blessed, but they're disobedient. And God says, there's going to come a, lot, a time when you won't have the land. And you won't even have any say-so about the land. But not only will you not have the land, you'll not have the word. Michael says, I'm standing firm for God today. I'm saying what God said, because that's the truth. Well, Brother Sneed, how, 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 does, how does this really tie in with, with us today? You know, wasn't this in the Old Testament? Yeah, you hyper-dispensationalist. It was in the Old Testament, but it sure has a new implication for us. As a matter of fact, it has a right now implication for us. It, it says that there are, don't, don't, don't measure success by the possessions that people have. Don't measure success by the possessions that an organization has. Because ultimately, God is in charge of all of that. And God got you the blessing, and God can take the blessing away. And that blessing that you have doesn't mean that you are incurring the favor of God because you do what you want to do. You know, I, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm in preparation for a, a, a workshop uh, evangelism prayer uh, breakfast uh, this Saturday, and uh, going back and reviewing some stats that I had not looked at in a long time. But I tell you, things aren't changing very much. We 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 are we're in the same. There's a lot of work to be done. Because the culture, the dominant culture, the dominant, and I say it's dominant because when you go along with the uh, culture, you become a part of that. It's really a minority, but the, 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 the minority dominant culture is changing our worldview of what God is, who he is where he is and what he has done. And God says, I blessed you, but there's coming a day. I'm going to take all that from you. You'll be so broke, you won't be able to pay attention. I'm coming at you because you're not right. Verse 7. Verse 7. Seven. Seven. Oh, thou that our name of the house of Jacob, 
is the spirit of is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his, are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that waketh uprightly, that, that walketh uprightly? This is a very interesting verse because he calls them Jacob. In other words, this is acknowledgement. He's not talking to, he's not talking to Assyria. He's not talking to uh, 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 the Babylonians. He's talking to his people. And he's asking them, he's saying, is the spirit of the Lord restricted? Are, are you saying that God is restricted? In, in other words, are, are you so naive? Are you so corrupt? Are you so evil that you think that God has just got to do something for you? In, in other words, you control God. You, 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 you physical man restrict God. He says, whatever I've said, I've said it for your benefit. I've just said in the previous verse that my word is not going to come to you anymore. And hasn't my word been good when you've walked uprightly? Haven't all my promises come to fruition when you've done what I've said? No mas. No more. Not a word. You don't control God. You don't tell God what is right. You don't tell God what is a man. You don't tell God what's a woman. You don't tell God what is life. You don't tell God what's love. You don't tell God what's true. God tells you. God says no mas. No more. I'm not restricted, but I can restrict. And there's a restriction coming your way. You're not going to be able to walk in the liberty of blessings and freedom. Simply because you're hard-headed and you think that there are folk who know better than me. Because the issue is not only is my word not coming to you? You believe the word that is coming to you from false prophets. It's a real problem, folk. Every time we think we got a hold on this thing, they break out. They come in a new bag. I, I, I was listening in on a, a discussion of men on a Wednesday night. Uh, and, and, and one of the prominent pastors, I don't need to mention his name because, I mean, his doctrine has been culted for a long time, uh, was, was talking about now uh, an expression that, 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 that he's not going to ask people to do certain things, uh, uh, but yet God has asked them to do it. Now, who are you going to believe? You're going to believe God? Are you going to believe a man? Because if you are, if you're believing men over God, that you're in the same position that the children of Judah, that the children of uh, uh, 
of the Northern Kingdom were doing. And it ends up with the same result. God says, I'm going to hit you in your pocketbooks. Take away your blessings. Take away the land. I'm going to hinder the word. I'm going to let you go on believing uh, all the other liars in the world. Because everybody else that's speaking anything that is contrary to the word of God. Folk, I want to impress that upon you. Because that's what Micah is, is talking about today. He's talking about there are folk that are misleading you. And in chapter three, he will go uh, further with it. He's talking about how he's talking about our sins now. But in chapter three, he was talking about the sins of the leaders. Anytime you say anything that's contrary to the word of God, you're a heretic. And, and I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your pedigree is. The word of God is true and all. God is not a man that he would lie, nor the son of man that he would have to repent. So Micah says, I'm standing firm. I'm telling you what the Lord says. Oh, you got it going on now. You got the fine automobiles, the fine homes, you know, you got money in, your, in the bank, you know, but, but you know what? God is about to do something about that. Verse 8, even of late my people is risen up as an enemy. You pull off the robe with the garment from them that pass by securely as man averse from war. Your actions have become as an enemy of God. Oof. That's what he says. And you know what he says? You know, you know how you become an enemy of God? You take the robe right off of a poor man's back. See, you got to understand the context of that, that, that passage, of Brother Bogan. A, a, a man's robe was also his pallet. It was his bed. So when you took a robe, you were really taking the place in which a man was sleep, had to sleep. He didn't have much to start with. Now you don't take the bed that he's sleeping on. You've become so covetous. You've become so, you know, I, I want more, more, more. I want to be richer, richer, richer. You know, I just more, more, more. Give me, give me, give me. That you have started taking from each other. So the, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And it's because of the misdeeds that you're doing. America, listen. Listen to Micah. Verse 9. The women of my people have ye cast out from their pleasant houses. From their children ye have taken away my glory forever. Told you he's going down very specific sins. He says, not only are you robbing each other, you take advantage of men. He said, you're taking advantage of, of poor widowers who, who the only thing they've got is a home that was left them. And you've schemed and you've connived and you're taking that away from them. 
Michael says, I'm telling you the truth. Your economic practices, your economic deceptions are hurting people. They're hurting men. They're hurting poor women. He says, they're, you're even hurting children. To the fact that they have nothing to look forward to. Better hear me. Oh, doesn't that really sound familiar? Mm -hmm. that, doesn't that sound like, like, you know, you take the least in the society, economic, socially, economically, and you trod upon them. You, be, you come down with every repressive policy and scheme that you can to beat. The rich doesn't pay high interest rates. Because you know why? Poor people pay higher. Mm -hmm. Even when the interest rates go up, poor people pay higher. Rich folk don't pay high interest rate because rich folk use cash. But don't let me get on my soapbox. All I'm saying, I'm standing firm. I'm with Micah and God today. We've got to look at the specific sins and how we are hurting each other. <clears throat> what you're doing is in disobedience to God. You've already hurt. And God here says you've become an enemy of mine because you're putting your hands on poor folk. You're putting your hands on the least in the society. And God says there's an impending judgment for that. Verse 10 says, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. Even with a, what kind of destruction? Sore. I don't think they heard you, brother uh, Davis. I, I think I think they said I think they meant that like maybe a little little bit you'll be. I, I think that's how they said because I saw the 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 the, the uh, expression. He says it's a certain thing. It is going to be full full throat. You're headed toward calamity. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. God is not going to take any prisoners. It's going to be a perfectly executed plan against your evil ways. The interesting thing in uh, doing uh, this week's lesson was that the, the, the in the first, uh, we started in verse four, and there are three verses, obviously, uh, ahead of that. And in that, it contains a scripture that says, you lie away evil, uh, awake at night, plotting evil things. But when I get through with you, you're going to think God must be sitting up there in heaven planting evil, plotting evil things, evil strategies against me. He's saying that the judgment is going to be so swift, accurate, on target, 
that you would say this had to be planned. This, this was no happenstance. You will know it is nobody but God. You can't blame the devil. You can't blame uh, your next door neighbor. You can't blame your, your favorite deacon. You can't blame the tricky trustee. You can't blame the pastor. You can't blame nobody but God. And God is telling you that. God says, Micah, go tell them. I am going to execute such a perfect judgment against them. They will have come to the conclusion, this, oh, this can't be nobody but God. Then verse 11 says, If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of wine and strong drink, and of strong drink, he shall even be the prophet of this people. He says, there are going to be folk that will preach what you want to hear. There are going to be folk that will preach in some churches. They have to preach what the deacons say preach. They have to preach what the trustee says preach. So if you've got a bunch of whores, thugs, and whoremongers up in your church, they ain't going to let you preach on that. That's what it said. Y'all didn't see that verse 11? That's exactly what I saw. It says that people will tell you what you want to hear. And he's saying that, listen, Israel, there are a lot of folk that are going to tell you lies. There are a lot of pro false prophets out there that will lead you down the wrong path. They'll tell you, oh, no, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, you can do anything you want to. But the word is clear. It says, be not drunk with wine. It were in excess. I know what the word says. You're talking about your, your drinking. You're talking about your drunkenness. You're acting the fool, being controlled by anything other than the Holy Spirit. It's talking about your attitude. It's talking about your demeanor. It's talking about that light that's supposed to be shining, but it's a false light. It's a light that, 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 that people see and they think it's uh, what, what are those lights that are out in the, uh, in the ocean, Brother Bogan, that uh, 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 is a light, uh, what lighthouse, you know, the lighthouse? You, you, you out in the middle of the ocean, you see a light, you think it's a lighthouse. And what it is, is the lights of a big ship that's right up on you, about to crush your little ship. That's what he says. Believe them if you want to. Go on believing them. Go on believing the, 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 your political leaders. Go on believing uh, 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 your legislature. Go on believing uh, 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 your best friends. Uh, 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 go on believing uh, people that are hooked to the world system. Go on believing preachers and pastors who will not preach the gospel. And he says, see what that gets you. Because they're going to be out there. And how we know, Sister Hollis, is that every time there is a move of God, oh, I, I, I've, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my church. I've seen it. Every time there's a move of God, 
something comes up. Some lie out of the pit of hell comes up to, to try and destroy. That's devil. But here's what God says. You believe the lies. So I'm holding you responsible. Notice nowhere in the scriptures where God is saying, I'm holding the devil responsible for what he made you do or had you do or influenced you to do. You don't, you don't see that there. He's holding us responsible. That's a tough, harsh message this morning. That, but that's, those are the three messages in Micah. And you say, well, how is this like Isaiah? Wasn't there some hope? But you got to also remember that the, the first three, then there was a fourth, but then there's chapter five, six, and seven. And by the time you get to chapter seven, Micah becomes the guy who tells you that, oh, and by, by the way, God's going to judge you for your disobedience. But God has a redemptive plan. Because in the little town of Bethlehem, on a night while shepherds watch their sheep by night, and the moon displays its splendor against the dark, narrow pieces of the heaven. <laughs> there comes the Savior, born in a manger, made of a woman, made under the law. So, yeah, God loves his people. He requires obedience. And he will judge. And, 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 uh, Many think, oh, yeah, okay, well, I got some time. No, no, you don't have no time. A lot of the stuff that's happening to you ain't got nothing to do with the devil. You need to check how obedient you are to God's word. What a way to start a day after my birthday. Ha! Thank you for your time. That's all of mine.